1: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at carmax.com. Carmax, the way car buying should be.
0: Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Liz Loza, Matt Harmon, Brett Raider, Ragoo. I'm not even going to try to say your last name. Four people working on one show because NFL free agency ain't going to quit no matter what kind of pandemic is going on. All of us are in different locations, our home locations. So enjoy this. Um, Matt, crazy 48 hours. Now, Before we g- begin, Like I just want to put out there that all of this is a rapidly fluid situation. So some stuff that is happening now may not fully come to fruition by the time you hear this. We are doing our best. You're doing your best. Everybody continue doing their best. So Matt, 48 hours, one word to recap what's going on in the NFL. Nowhere else.
1: I mean, wild. I think it's wild in both circumstances, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I, I mean, it's been crazy. Uh, I I was on the radio like right before the DeAndre Hopkins trade, which I know we'll get to later. And, you know, I, I had like kind of just come out of several other fogs into the NFL free agency fog. And they're like, so- what do you think of these rumors about DeAndre Hopkins potentially be being traded? I was like, all right, c- c- come on, stop. Like, let's, 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 it's not going to get that, things aren't going to get that crazy. Well, sure enough, we all know what happened next.
0: I know, leave it to B.O.B. to shake things up. But like you said, we'll get to that. Because Tom Brady, on St. Patrick's Day, went and left the New England Patriots. And there's no stinking parade for those New England or Boston Patriots. fans to celebrate or let off steam at yeah thank you (laughs) so uh no tears in the green beers for the patriots fans but tom brady right now it is being reported matt i'm going to give you some snaps or props because snaps seem gross um that he is going to end up in tampa bay
1: i mean this is this is a very strange landing spot sort of on the surface but especially because I mean, the way it went down and, you know, your caveat, of course, up top is important. Like, you know, things may change by tomorrow morning. All of this stuff, obviously, is kind of up in the air since it's the, quote, legal tampering period or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, up until Jim Trotter tweeted that NFL media's Jim Trotter tweeted that, you know, the charges were out of the running. I had kind of thought that that's still theoretically of all the teams left was the best landing spot because. Like they have the best pass catching running back that I think Brady ever would have played with in Austin Eckler. Uh they have a good tight end. They have a great like slot flanker receiver hybrid in Keenan Allen. And then, you know, if Brady still's got a jump ball in him, he had Mike Williams right there. And, you know, it's not it's not necessarily like the worst fit in the world with with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, they have they have great wide receivers in their own right, and they have a tight end that is theoretically talented too um it's weird i think he looks ugly in those those old bucks jerseys but um i mean it may whoa whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. matt let let hold on sorry to interrupt you i know you're on a flow but you can't say tom brady ever looks ugly i think adjust. like if you're gonna be hyperbolic right now no let me tell you now is not the time
1: (laughs) look 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 i mean he individually looks good like if i just look at the photoshop and i kind of (laughs) just (laughs) <laughs> with my hands like crop his face out there like yeah he obviously looks great but those jerseys are hideous plus he's wearing twelve. what are they going to do about chris godwin he's wearing number 12 is brady going to be like 15 or something oh, yeah i don't even know like what that's that's weird all its own right i mean he's tb12 he's got a, a freaking brand that's that's tb12 what, what yeah, are,
0: I, I don't think that chris godwin's going to keep his number I'm just going out on a limb here, but I think probably Chris Godwin's going to get a new number.
1: Yo, my guy, Chris Godwin, Uh, listen to me for a second. Hold on to that 12, okay? Don't do it. <laughs> Hold on to that 12.
0: But maybe, I wonder if Chris Godwin, I would actually say from a fantasy perspective is, and also in a real-life perspective, is in maybe the best position if these reports are to become true by Wednesday morning because um, – number one, he might get something bartered wise for his number. Also, y'all should know this about Matt. He is excellent at knowing players numbers. It is a weird skill that he has. He has it. I love when he pulls it out. That was a perfect example, but who knows? Maybe Chris Godwin in exchange for gifting Tom Brady with the number 12 will now receive a lifetime supply of avocado ice cream. Like you don't, you don't know what's going to be hand like between these and also i think from a fantasy perspective we know chris godwin is a great z he can do all the damn things climb the ladders doesn't matter i think he's going to be a number one target for tom brady i will say about the chargers and i was with you i mean you did again props uh in one of your many 400 free agency articles (sighs) predict so
1: glad so glad like that (laughs) phase of my life is over
0: well, you nailed this one because I was like, I don't know, man. I don't think that Matt's right about this one. I thought the Chargers were going to be in play. I was thinking more about it, though, and it does seem as though there's a schism in thought between the Spanos family that wants to sell tickets. And obviously, the thought is that Tom Brady would help the team do that. But also, the coaching staff wants a quarterback that's more mobile. There are. Some other mobile quarterbacks on the market, we'll get to those as well in a little bit. And so it might've been mm, a bit of a, a schism between the front office and uh, the coaching staff. Regardless, Tampa Bay is it. What are you thinking from a fantasy perspective in terms of, be, because, uh, you know, we we talked about this heading into the 2019 season. Like if we're going to make Jameis, um, you know, under, like under, QB 12 in terms of fantasy points, like then, but we but we're gonna like have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin be wide receiver ones, then the math doesn't exactly work. And we also know here that Tom Brady's skill set is different than James Jameis Winston's.
1: Quite quite different. Um yes. I, I'm gonna take the under on the 30 interceptions this year for Jameis. <laughs> I mean, from from Tom Brady there, uh replacing Jameis Winston. Look, I think that. Brady showed obvious decline in terms of just where he can put the ball on the field. I think the the window for Brady is shrinking not just like window to Super Bowls whatever, but also obviously just where he can throw on the field. The area is sort of constricting. That bubble is becoming smaller. I think that definitely benefits a small like Chris Godwin, like you said, I think perfectly can do all of the things. Uh, but I think one thing that really took his statistical production to kind of that next level this year, not just the fact that he was up in the pecking order in terms of targets, but also playing that sort of big slot role in Bruce Arians' offense, which which we all talked about. Many Much ink was spilled last preseason about that Larry Fitzgerald type role. I mean, that was awesome for Godwin last year. And I think that meshes really well with what Brady can still do. I, I do think it's worth asking the question when it comes to Mike Evans, like that, is, that seems very not exactly what Brady can do at this point. But I really do trust Bruce Arians to not be super stubborn and, and, and kind of mold things to the skill set of Tom Brady. And I think Evans can run. I think Evans is kind of underrated as a separator anyways, just because he can win a bunch of 50, 50 ball. doesn't mean that's the only thing he can do. Um, so I, I really trust Arians to figure this out. And this two, two, two last thoughts here. Uh, this is such a coup for Arians who, like, I I obviously was at his wit's end with Jameis Winston and was certainly not trying to mess around with the rookie quarterback here at the end of his long NFL career. This is great for him. He gets a veteran in there that can, you know, figure everything out. And number two, you mentioned avocado ice cream, and I just feel the need to say, finally tried it for the first time. Cause look, options are limited at the grocery store these days, and in (laughs) case you haven't figured that out. It's really good. Like it was it was actually The best, like, of substitute ice creams, as far as that goes, it was easily by far the best one. I would highly recommend. Um, I'm hoping to now take my career to the next level now that just, like, the greatest of all time, I've started to consume avocado ice cream as well.
0: Well, maybe after all of this um, quarantined avocado ice cream, you, too, can retire to Florida like Tom Brady, I'm down. Also- I'm down.
1: Oh, look, I, I I visited my mom and stepdad in a retirement home, or not not a retirement home. Sorry, that seems awful. Ooh. But in a retirement a retirement <laughs> community in uh, Naples, Florida, in January, which now feels like a hundred years ago. I can't imagine getting on an airplane. Uh, and look, I I have I've been dying to retire ever since then. Like let me let me retire. This would be great.
0: No state income tax in the state of Florida as well, which I'm guessing might have played. A little bit into Tom Brady's decision, which will be official again, probably by the time you listen to this, something that is official. Another Gen X quarterback, Phillip Rivers, is landing in Indianapolis with the Colts. So, I mean, I don't know if you can hear that, Matt, but I'm not quite sure if it's the sound of a rumbling van full of children (laughs) or a stampede of I told you so's on Twitter.
1: Yeah. I mean, this one seemed like it was telegraphed, seemed like it was just a matter of them working it out. It's really interesting that it's a one year deal. Um, Obviously, it's it's a totally band-aid situation. Um, I think that Rivers is the odds on favor to be the week one starter but I, I mean I would say too if they get into training camp and his arm looks like it's this close to falling off I'm not gonna rule out that we see Jacoby Brissett at some point in 2020 because again this is a one-year deal a decent amount of money but not overwhelming and the Colts also like they're clearly trying to go for it here in the AFC they also swung a big trade to get the Forrest Buckner from the NFC Championship uh, San Francisco 49ers so they're clearly in go for it mode and I think that that makes them interesting too, because they don't have a lot of draft capital left after the Buckner trade, but you know, maybe they add a a wide receiver to that room in the second round when they're when, because it's supposed to be a loaded class. Like I still think the Colts are going to be this, this, this move gives them the potential to be a lot more interesting, not with just the guys they have, but what more they can do uh, here in 2020. Well,
0: and I think the relationship between Frank Reich and Phillip rivers bears repeating because We know that they have familiarity. Uh, Reich was obviously the quarterback coach for the Chargers in 2013 and the offensive coordinator in 2014 and 2015. But interestingly, those were three of Rivers' best career seasons. Um, He was the fantasy football quarterback number six in 2013, QB nine in 2014, QB 12 in 2015. So a bit of a decline there also when we take a look at the offensive lines and we've made this point in previous episodes, but if you're just tuning in now, we're going to say it again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The O line in, Uh, for the Chargers, has been a disaster for many, many years. They've had a top seven-ranked pass-protecting unit in Indianapolis, however, over the past two seasons. And when I saw that the Colts, uh, I believe last week, signed left tackle anthony costanzo to a two-year 33 million dollar contract extension i figured that a short-term deal i should say one year for, for 25 million for philip rivers was coming because they want to protect a guy who's managed to produce even without an offensive line and without much mobility as one of his uh, within his skill set
1: yeah i mean it makes a ton of sense for all parties involved and i feel like we've talked so much about this in the prep to it happening that we've probably covered it to its point here
0: I, I Last thing, T.Y. Hilton, stock up, I think, a yeah. little bit. Like, I think he might be a, a nice value next year because people have kind of forgotten about him and he's older, et cetera, et cetera. Makes sense. Uh, let's talk about Houston. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, let's just because I have to be. I mean, you were all up in my, t- my news feed yesterday with all of your fury uh. over the Arizona— Cardinals, Houston Texans trade here. I mean, blessed is the soul gifted with Bill O'Brien's hubris, right? Like, this is just, if I could walk through life as confident as that man, hello, the things I could do. I mean, maybe even create a vaccine. This is just insanity. Um, So you want to talk about the trade because you uh, spoke about it so eloquently all over the Twitters yesterday?
1: Yeah, I wrote a piece on it, too, for the website. Uh, Look, it's the worst trade of all time to me, and I feel, like, very comfortable saying that. I mean, at least in terms of NFL trades, because, look, I know people will say, what about Ricky Williams? What about Herschel Walker? I get it. Like, obviously, those are bad deals in hindsight, but this is indefensibly terrible and disgusting. Like, there's at least a, usually a couple chuckleheads out there that are willing to offer, like, a contrary point to to any any sort of deal, you know. If you think back to like, you know, Odell Beckham last year, like there there's at least some guys willing to sort of step up and say, "Look, this is an awful trade." Of course, like losing a superstar like Beckham is stupid, but but there's some logic to it because of this reason or that reason. Yeah, like no one's no one's stepping up to defend this trade because it's the most indefensible thing I think that's ever been done in the NFL. It's like. You're taking a guy in DeAndre Hopkins who's at his peak value. He ranks no wor- – I think he ranks second in terms of catches, third in terms of yards, and first in terms of touchdowns over the last three years, receiving, t- receiving categories, of course. Like – He's at the peak of his power. He's at the height of his career. And you're trading him away for a guy and David Johnson who has a bloated salary, hasn't been good in 3 years. Like it's it does there's no there's nothing that makes any sense here. Like really just and you get a second round pick. Like neat. I, I have no idea what, what to say.
0: This seems very, you know, feelings over facts. Yes. That's what led this situation, right? There was reports, Diana Rossini reported, there was friction, quote, between Mm -hmm. B.O.B. and New Hopkins. And so... Lots of blow-ups last year. Uh, Bill O'Brien, who I kept thinking, oh, he's like the czar, but actually he is the czar. He's the emperor. He's the <laughs> yeah, Palpatine he's emperor, of yep. Houston. Like I don't know what else to call him. He has all the all the things. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe we should call him like the Palpatine of Houston.
1: I referred to him in my article as uh, Houston Texans football emperor, uh, Bill O'Brien. So yeah, I mean it, it, that. Okay. Yeah, he's he, the thing is though. Like at least <laughs> I, there's just no one to check this guy. I mean, this is why this is why he GM man <laughs> whoa whoa
0: whoa la la la
1: This is why you this is why you do that. Like come on so,
0: But bro stop crowing because they got Randall Cobb man
1: That is I mean, another guy who, like, can, you know, sort of play in the slot and, I mean, also, like, hasn't been good in three years, <laughs> so terrific.
0: Well, th- there were moments he had, like, I don't know, six grabs for 100-some-odd yards, like, twice in the middle of the season last year. He wasn't – he did look – and I remember you making this point on the pod. He did look better than he had in previous seasons in Green Bay when he was with Dallas. However, you're right. Mike Garofolo, I think, said this perfectly. It reminded him of when – um. The Giants traded away Odell Beckham and instead brought in Golden Tate. That's the perfect comp to this situation.
1: Yeah, except Golden Tate is, like, a good player, you know? Well, he's
0: (laughs) he's better and younger and and swifter and all of those things. But I appreciated the analogy. Yeah, I think from a fantasy perspective, like, I I don't know... Like Kiki Cutie, Kenny Stills, like both of those guys played a decent amount of time in the slot when one of them was not falling out of favor with Bill O'Brien. I think upwards, a little bit over 20% of their time was spent in the slot, and they both averaged a little over four targets per game. Obviously injuries, neither one of them was able to stay healthy throughout the season. Um, So sure, Randall Cobb, here's one, Randall Cobb over under six targets a game.
1: I'm gonna go under. Like I'll go under. Wow, even with no nuke. No, because I mean, here's the thing. And Will Fuller not
0: able to stay on the field. Come on.
1: I mean, I'm still. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say under. Like if look, if he's if he's averaging over six targets a game, this is a really really bad offense. And I mean, there's a chance that I don't think that they just don't have a lot of difference makers right now. Like Kenny Stills is a very very good player, Mm -hmm. but I don't think he needs to be your one we know, we know the deal with Will Fuller, who is a coverage dictating guy and can do a lot of different things, but certainly benefited from the fact that Hopkins is on the field. And, you know, this is a point that Juju Smith Schuster made to me when we were talking in Miami, like that was a thing, like as much as people talked about it going into the year. And obviously, you know, his first point was, look, we didn't have a hall of fame quarterback last year, but his second point was Antonio Brown, not being on the field changes everything for the offense. And this is, this is the reality of the situation too. Like I I think that, we talk about these things for fantasy, like when a guy like Nuke goes away, X amount of available targets are there. Or Antonio Brown is gone, there's X amount of available targets now. Those are obviously all going to go to this player or whatever. But the problem is like, yeah, your slice, theoretically, can you can have a few more slices of the pie, but the entire pie gets smaller. I made the point in the article again that it's like essentially your, you know, one large slice of your – pepperoni, basil, mushroom, artisan pizza from, uh, sorry, meatball, not mushroom. Mushroom sucks. Pepperoni, meatball, fresh basil, fresh mozzarella pizza from your local eatery has become like three small slices of a frozen pizza, you know, like, great. You have three slices as opposed to one, but the quality of those slices is not the same. So,
0: I mean, Matt, I would kill for a frozen pizza right now. Do you know how impossible it is to find a frozen pizza right now?
1: Uh, yeah, don't worry. I went to Whole Foods the other day. It's shocking. I mean, it is shocking. I bought I brought home some of the weirdest stuff I've ever in my entire life. Like, look, the one thing I'll tell you, every- here's what nobody wants to eat right now, uh, apparently during this outbreak, is A, gluten-free bread, there's still got a, a ton of that out there, and beef, shrimp. No one wants to eat those two things. Those are the only things that Whole Foods has in absolute bulk.
0: I didn't have any shrimp at mine. I looked for shrimp. I would have made it for dinner tonight. I I you bought could... a lot of frozen mandarin oranges. <laughs> or like like man, that's I, we have. I have orange trees in my backyard, and yet I'm buying canned mandarin oranges because I just felt like I had to get something.
1: It's a tough scene. It's a really, really tough scene.
0: <laughs> all right, just uh, like the Texans. The only silver lining out of this, and I think we're both going to br- agree, is um, give me all your Kyle or Murray shares. Yeah, sure. I want, I want all of it. Right? He was the the QB seven overall in fantasy last year, um, and from weeks five through eleven, he managed five top nine finishes. If he gets nuke, I'm all in, and we don't have to worry about David Johnson anymore.
1: Yeah. Uh, Kenyon Drake is back on the transition tag, which I thought was kind of surprising, all things considered. Um, I thought they would end up finding a way to keep him, but this was a really aggressive move to do it that looked like he made them a lot better last year. And, like, this was a great running game last season. It's, it was the 2nd rank rushing offense per Football Outsiders DVOA. We know Kyler Murray showed all this potential. Like, just if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, you got to feel great right now because literally think about where they were a calendar year ago. Yeah. Like Josh Rosen was dust as a rookie. He they, they had like nothing going on there in terms of their wide receiver group. Like now you've got freaking the offensive rookie of the year from last year throwing to DeAndre Hopkins. This is an unbelievable come up for, the, for this Cardinals team that was picking number one a couple of years ago. And it's all thanks to Bill O'Brien, like not even shopping the guy. Like what?
0: No. It's, Just, do- it's uh, the
1: dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life.
0: Fury trading him. Fury trading him. Um, so Stefan Diggs, he was upset a lot, but and he went to social media, so Nuke kept it inside, was very quiet. Maybe he talked to his dog in the bag about it, but Stefan Diggs was all over his social media um, with covert messages about, you know, you didn't have to read too hard between the lines about his... um dissatisfaction with not just the franchise but also the quarterback. Uh, yeah. Interestingly, on the day that Kirk Cousins signed a new 2-year extension worth $66 million, which will keep him under contract through 2022, um Steph Diggs took to social media and said it's time for a new beginning and that something's going to happen and this time it wasn't just a winking emoji left up in the air. In fact, Minnesota sent Diggs and a seventh round pick to Buffalo in exchange for four picks, a first, a fifth, a sixth and a 2020 and a fourth rounder in 2021. That is what a wide receiver one, which they already <laughs> have and proved last year in John Brown. They had gets,
1: I mean, yeah, this is like, if it couldn't possibly get worse for Bill O'Brien, like then the, the, the Vikings have to go and dunk on him. Like, I love Diggs, but he's not as good of a player as Hopkins is from an all-around wide receiver point. I don't think anybody would argue that, except maybe Stephon Diggs. But even then, I don't know. Like, still, it's it's crazy. But I, I enough of Houston. Like, it was very funny, by the way, that you talk about the the tweeting and everything. Like, Diggs also kind of copped to being like an internet troll a little bit by yeah. saying like, no, like what some guy replied to him, like, uh, he's just always, you know doing the troll the drama thing.
0: queen. yeah, or and, then he, thing. and then yeah. he said,
1: no, this time's different. Like, which essentially <laughs> implies all the other times I know what I'm doing, but no, for real, this but, time, it,
0: but it worked yeah. out though. All those other times, I just want to say, cause you and I talked a couple of episodes ago about how Steph Diggs had tweeted or put something else on his Instagram. And we were like, Oh yeah, the time of the year where we're checking people's Instagram, yeah. Kenyon Drake, by the way, remember he changed his profile picture to one, uh, in all Cardinals gear. And so that's bearing out too. But, you know, Diggs does often take to his social media. And I think it has created enough friction to use, you know, the Houston word that Minnesota was willing to get rid of him and keep the peace with the quarterback that whose side they clearly are on. And, you know, Adam Thielen, who's buddying up with captain Kirk.
1: Yeah. I want to just on that, note kind of the last thing here i wanted to just say just share something that uh, my buddy john chipley who covers the jags for si uh, he said people kept saying bill o'brien traded nuke because of friction between them and that's why he took a lesser deal the vikings just got a first for a dude has been live tweeting his escape for two years <laughs> so like you can talk about friction all you want but you can still get some value even if there is known friction now on the point uh, like i think this is a good move actually for both teams because the vikings get great value back for stefan diggs like first round pick that's awesome um they still have a really good wide receiver there obviously and they're a run-based attack yada yada whatever but the the for the bills like this is what this is why you have all this like we talked i think we talked about this in our free agent matchmaker show or if not i know i definitely wrote about it in one of those hundreds of articles like this is why you have all the all these this cap room because you have your quarterback in the rookie contract window go out and make a big splash like I don't care that you give up the first a first round pick like they're not going to get probably they're probably not going to get anybody as good as Stefan Diggs at pick 22 or whatever they had. So that's a great move. You're right. They already had a guy who showed he could be a one type number one type of receiver, at least from a usage perspective in terms of John Brown. Now they have two of the best separators possible for Josh Allen, who while we know he has accuracy concerns. And I talked about this in in the article that I wrote about this trade, too, where I said, look, the the Bills just got the best route runner in the NFL. And now the only thing that that the question here is, like, how good of a situation is this for Stefan Diggs from, like, a fantasy perspective? I think you could argue that it's really not that different from the one that he just left. And and I think, number one, obviously, they're a run-heavy team. Both these teams are top seven in run-play percentage. Uh, obviously he, he again, he's going to run with other guys in his offense, which I don't think Diggs cares about as much as we think. Like, again, when I talked to him uh, a little, a couple of months ago too, he made the point like, I, I don't, you know, different receivers put up different numbers because of the situations that they're in. And like, you know, I got a great receiver with me. I got a great running game. Like, that's not what it's about. It's about being comfortable and winning and all that type of stuff. And I think there's a chance they're going to be comfortable and win a lot of games Of Buffalo. The quarterback, I think is a big X factor. And not in the same way that Kirk Cousins was a problem, but right. still a question.
0: I, but I think you're willing to forgive youth. Like Josh Allen, I, I think Stefan Diggs is willing to forgive youth for uh, Kirk Cousins maybe coming in and saying this is the way things are going to be. Yeah. Right? Like there there seems to be a personality clash more yep. with Kirk Cousins versus a player usage situation Obviously, when teams are winning, there's less uh, drama all around or less, fewer negative feelings all around. But I think Josh Allen is interesting also from a fantasy perspective. I mean, th- he was the QB six overall this year in fantasy. And no, every week was not a fun week. And, and sometimes you got to shield your eyes when you're watching him play. But if you can divorce yourself from relevancy in real life football versus um, rushing yards and points accrued in fantasy, then Josh Allen becomes ultra interesting in in this situation, when he does have such a precise route runner at his disposal and you see that the Bills are trying to make this work, right? This is not a team that's throwing up their hands and saying, like, I, I don't know. I guess we'll just we'll just kind of like shoot from the hip here. Like they're yep. really trying to make something happen over under Matt. Give me give me an over under for passing yards for Josh Allen.
1: Uh, well, let me just look real quick what he was at he, last.
0: P- Passed for a little over 3,000. then not quite 3,100.
1: I'll give it like 3,500.
0: So I was going to say over under 36. Yeah. So we're both around the we're same right place. Same, I, yeah. I would, yeah, I'd take, I'd take over 36, barely. Kyler had 3,700 last year. So I like that. Uh, for what it's worth, just if you're keeping track, John Brown averaged 7.7 7 targets per game. Had a great year statistically, obviously. 72. 1066 was his stat line and he was the wide receiver 23 overall in fantasy. I think you're right. I expect a very similar trajectory from Diggs uh 2019 to 2020.
1: Yeah, and not not for nothing. Uh Kirk Cousins 3603 last year. 3603 passing yards in 15 games last year. So again, it's going go. the bottom Excellent line point. I think the bottom line I think is going to look kind of similar. The journey mm-hmm. might just be different to get there because I think in, in addition to a personality clash which i think is certainly the case with Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs. I think Diggs biggest problem and just like i just charted him for reception perception not long ago. Go go back and watch; you can see plenty of times when he's just wide open down the field and Kirk is taking the checkdown throwing his hands up like he's just not pulling the trigger and i don't think that pro- that is going to be a problem at all in Buffalo. <laughs> it's just about once he once he does where is that going to land? You know, that's that's the situation there. It's it's different but not in the bottom line perspective, I think,
0: well, you got the best route runner and the best ball tracker in the league, so one of those two should end up with <laughs> doing the ball. something, yeah, right cam let's just let's just talk about cam right now I, I I wish I had like a fancy segue here, but we go from one of your favorite wide receivers to a quarterback that you have complicated feelings, I think that's fair to say for um he has well. certainly complicated feelings <laughs> or maybe not with with the franchise that has released him um you know it, the news broke today on Tuesday that the Carolina Panthers are moving on from Cam Newton and Cam Newton's uh replied in his weird ransom note text that I cannot figure out um don't pretend like enough with the wordplay don't pretend that this was mutual you guys put this out there and I am just reacting basically
1: yeah, I mean that. This, this is the thing. Like, I I thought we, we've we've kind of gone back and forth about whether this is whether this was going to happen. And I like I said, February was the thing where it was the point where it changed. And for me, and then the combine, like Matt Rule saying, I would love to coach a player like Cam, didn't really move the needle enough for mm-hmm. me. Like, the thing in Carolina is just I have no idea what they're trying to be. Like, are they trying to rebuild? Because that's what it's like. The, t- the team is trying to spin it as like, oh, Greg Olson, Cam Newton, these guys don't want to be a part of the rebuild. But not only did, you know, Cam Newton come in there and say like, no, I didn't ask for a trade. You know, I didn't ask for permission to seek a trade. Uh, Greg Olson also said, you know, kind of sounds familiar. He commented on that Instagram post, too. Like, I don't think these guys want to move on. I, th- I think the team wants to move on from them, which is odd because. Then you go out and get a veteran quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater that's not a a tanking type of guy. This is a, like, let's get to six – Seven wins, type of guy, you know.
0: I mean, this is this is let me put my stamp on it. This is new regime. We see this in corporations all the time, right? Yeah, or or in in news media or any sort of entertainment media corporations. There's a concept, the concept does well for whatever reason. The writer's room gets fired, the execs get fired, there's a regime change, and everybody gets restaffed, shows get recast. Because they want their stamp on it. They want to justify their paychecks. And we all know that Royals getting a very fat one. Mm -hmm. So now Teddy Bridgewater uh, is joining the Carolina Panthers. Uh, They're negotiating a three-year, $60 million contract. And that's per Chris Mortensen. Interestingly, I am always fascinated by the connective tissue here. And Joe Brady is obviously the new OC in Carolina. Not only was he what an offensive, I think it was offensive assistant was his title in 2017 and 2018 when obviously Teddy Bridgewater was, was part of the, the squad in New Orleans, was part of the Saints, but also Brady is from Miramar, Florida, which is South Florida, Broward County. He went, to the, uh, he went to Everglades High School. That's about a 40-minute drive, 20 miles from Miami Northwestern, which is where Teddy went to high school. Teddy is also from South Florida. I think there's a relationship here, mm-hmm. and I think I'm always just fascinated about how deals work because people don't think about that. But this is really just a, a really little networking situation. And, you know, I've told you and I've said on the pod before that I know Teddy's agent is from Louisiana, Um, before moving on to the Panthers, uh, Joe Brady was working for LSU. So there's some more connective tissue. I think this is, we know this guy. I'm going to trust my OC. He's going to put his stamp on this situation. I think he probably has ties to, obviously there's an age difference, but I think he has ties to Bridgewater that go beyond just working within the state of Louisiana. And, They want to mold their own thing, and they're going to do it. And by the way, your Curtis Samuel hype can finally now happen because what a skill set fit for fantasy heaven between Teddy Bridgewater and Curtis Samuel.
1: Yeah, I think people will be quick to point out that Bridgewater has definitely been a guy who's not gonna gun the ball down the field very often and curtis samuel was obviously one of the biggest problems last year was kyle allen could not throw the deep ball and could not connect with samuel but bridgewater no matter how you look at it is a huge upgrade over kyle allen like maybe you can argue that he's not like there's probably if, if cam Newton's healthy i think he's better than teddy bridgewater like pretty much full stop Sure, but at the same time this is still a massive upgrade for all these guys and you talk about joe brady and the connective tissue there with the saints like this is a guy who thrived really well in that system. And I think that all these guys, Samuel is a quick separator. Moore, obviously, is that big, or not not big, but, you know, a slot-type guy who can do a lot of different things and also that flanker as well. And then, you know, you have Christian McCaffrey, obviously great pass-catching running back. Like, this team doesn't look like it intends to tank. That's, that's the point I'm making here. And, like, they don't have the resources to do it either because even if they wanted to, like, they don't have the – they have one pick in every round. That like they're not and they're not selling off guys like they're re-signing guys like Trey Boston, uh, to a decent chunk of change. They're going out there and getting kind of some mid-level free agents, whatever. Like there is definitely, I definitely don't. Un- I think they're just like you said. I don't really understand the plan all the way through, but I think a lot of it is just completely turning over a new leaf, and they're going to look like a very different team. Um, the the problem is like yeah, they're probably going to have to cut Cam Newton because I don't know who's going to trade for him based on. Just where we're at as a country right now, like it's, it's, there's a lot of restrictions on travel. There's also a lot of restrictions on like, can like when you can get an exam and all the NFL. You has mean pre- like
0: the medicals, like logistically yes. speaking, how can a team do a medical check on Cam Newton, given the travel restrictions?
1: Yes. And and just and just like if the NFL has made it a little harder to do this type of stuff, too, which uh, it, which is totally fair, because we should all be doing our part to, to make things if things are a little div- bit difficult. Who cares? Like we should all be doing our part here in this moment in our country and in the world as a whole. But. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a little difficult, I think, for Cam to do that part of it. And I could see a situation where Mm -hmm. they just don't get a trade offer and they end up cutting him. That's possible because they're not bringing, because this was clear. Like they haven't even officially had him off the roster yet. And the owner's thanking him for his contributions to the organization. But where do you think, I mean, where do you think Cam goes at this point?
0: I think the Chargers are in play. Yeah. I mean, if if the, if the, Rumors about the coaching staff wanting—I mean, they have Tyrod, right? So, like a mobile quarterback. If they want an upgrade on Tyrod, that makes sense. That it could be Cam Newton. If they—they they know what they have behind that offensive line. Again, you're right. That we've been saying it all along. The medicals are a huge thing because is Cam healthy? And if he's asked to perform and do the scrambling that he's done for years because of being because he's been working behind a faulty offensive line, then he's going to have to bring that to the charges. But I do think he checks both boxes in terms of selling selling tickets and having the mobility that the coaching staff wants. So I think, to me, that makes the most sense. And let's be honest, he's not a wallflower. Moving to L.A. would certainly (laughs) appease him, personally, I'm assuming, right? So that's a personality fit for him. And I hadn't, I have to give you credit, I hadn't thought about the travel restrictions. But I also feel like, I mean, if if Kevin Durant can get a Rona uh, test, like, no one else can. Like, probably someone with enough capital can get cam newton on a private plane
1: yeah i mean I, i'm sure it can happen but it's just like how many teams can make it happen in a short amount of time it's just a little bit more difficult than normal i also would su- fair. i also yeah. would suggest to other t- i think your bears are in play we know that they've been we'll talk we'll get there we get there next yeah they've been interested in other quarterbacks which we'll talk about um, they themselves also tried to, they were talking to Teddy Bridgewater too, uh, before I think the Carolina thing came into play. And, uh, also I would I still think the Raiders, even though they're, were they're another team that we'll talk about, I still think they could be in play as well too.
0: Okay. So there's a, a, a lot of, a lot of teams in play. Let's talk about the bears though, because cam is not being, rumored to be in play right now. Everyone is assuming that the bears are going after and all the local reporters, uh, are saying that the bears are very interested in trading for a quarterback, but they are targeting both Andy Dalton or Nick Foles.
1: Sweet. <laughs>
0: um, how you feel? So, uh, well, you know, I, uh, uh, um, I feel a lot of things. Um, But I I, I've said before that I wouldn't mind Nick Foles being the grooming backup, whatever the heck he does, like whatever the thing he does that Nick Foles, like write a book, coach him up, come in when the stakes are high and you don't need to think and you can just process and let the body do its thing. Like reuniting with with John D. Filippo, like I've liked all that. I don't understand how the money is going to work. To be honest, I mean, uh, this is per sports track because I did do a little bit of digging on this. Foles has a 22, I'm just going to round the numbers because the decimal points get to be so much, but like Foles has a $22 million cap hit for 2020. A trade this off season would still leave Jacksonville with 18 million in dead cap for 2020, but it would save more than 3 million against the cap as well as most of the actual money owed to Foles. Uh, what the hell does that mean?
1: Yeah, I think that,
0: is, <laughs> like what is what does that actually mean
1: i mean i kind of tuned out for a second there because there's a lot of numbers at once. Right. <laughs> but i think the bottom line is if someone's taking on Foles and there there's also been some reporters that have said they're not shopping him but i think he'll get some interest.
0: yeah yeah come on yeah, yeah there's yeah, plenty yeah. of reports so that for every report that says he's not being shopped is another report that says connected they him want to new to move england full. or this that or whatever or And they want Minshew to be the starter. Like, yeah. you know, now that Flip isn't there again, there's there's a new regime trying to put their stamp on the organization and justify why they are there. Um, mean, when we go it's ahead,
1: not, re- not really a new regime in Jacksonville. It's just like they ousted one guy and kept everybody else around. But, to, but your point, your point is your point is right, though. I mean, I think they're obviously going to move him and um, it just means like someone's going to take on. Cap, like, someone's going to take on part. Like, the, the the Jags are going to have to pay him some money, and whoever pays him next is not – whoever has him on the team next is not going to be paying him as much. My point here is, like, Dalton, Foles, Cam Newton, I think, are all connected because I think one of these three ends up in New England, um, and then I think another one of them ends oh. up in Chicago.
0: So when we look at, at – let, let's look at – because we talked Cam a little bit. When we look at Dalton and – And we talk about connective tissue. We talk about Bill Lazor, right? He's the Bears' new offensive coordinator. He was the QB's coach in Cincinnati in 2016. And then, do you remember this, in 2017 when Ken Zampezi got fired Laser oh, yeah. took over, right, like a month or month or so into the season, and then in 2018 he got like the job for real, and then he was promptly fired ahead of the 2019 yeah, <laughs> season, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so he obviously has worked with Andy Dalton, but again, when you look at Foles and we look about we look at connective tissue, we've we already know about Johnny Flippo. Like I've talked that to death. Um, but also he was with Nagy in 2016 in, in Kansas city and he was with laser in 2013 and I had forgotten about this, but laser was oh, yeah. the QBs coach for the Eagles. Right. And Foles was drafted by the Eagles in 2012. So he went back to the Eagles. After yeah. That's how all, the all journeyman this, that he is.
1: yeah. It's how all this laser got started because he was, uh, right. he was the quarterback coach for chip Kelly when that was like a good thing to be.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, But the point, I mean, I think the point is that Foles has touched many parts of this coaching staff, which is why I think they're going after him. I just don't, I, like I said, I don't know how the money's going to work, especially when the Bears paid uh, Robert Quinn. Uh, seventy. they give him a $70 million damn contract for five years. He's one of the top 10 most uh, highest paid players at his position in the stinking league with what money is. I mean, does Virginia McCaskey have a money machine in her backyard? I don't understand. My accent really came oh, out. Oh yeah. Too. Wow. <laughs> that that it just, it just took right over. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, when you said backyard, uh, whoa, that was aggressive. Um, yeah, no, it was, it's shocking, but it's a nice. I mean, on field, it's a nice fit. Quinn's coming off a really good year for the Cowboys. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's cool. The more exciting thing is that uh, whichever one of these, no. whichever one of these quarterbacks lands in Chicago, no. gets to play with Jimmy Graham. Oh God! Just what the hell? I mean, you guys play him twice a year. <laughs> played him twice a year
0: for the last couple seasons. So can we talk about Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers? He still hasn't produced, so you're going to give him Mitch Trubisky, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, who at GTFO, like he's not going to do anything. Also, how many security blankets does it take to make a young quarterback competent? Because right now you got Graham through Dax Raymond, and none of them are doing the damn job
1: brutal. I mean, that was the, that was, that was the, that's the probably the worst thing I've seen so far. Like not only is Jimmy Graham
0: like signed, but signed so quickly. And to a team, a a theoretically competing team within the same division. I do have this like conspiracy theory and I don't, I don't, I mean, I sometimes mess with them, but not really. I think that Matt LaFleur looks staggeringly like Mitch Trubisky. So, (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> part of when I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, maybe they're just in some sort of doppelganger machine or or like they're, you know, like twins. We had twins in our high school who are identical twins and they'd like make out with other like the same girl kind of stuff or like, it's my brother. The brothers, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe you should bleep that out. Don't. Yeah, you should definitely bleep that out. I'd leave it. I don't need those knuckleheads coming to find me. Um. Anyway, that's a weird conspiracy theory. It doesn't really matter. The whole thing point is that ryan pace is doing whatever he ryan pace went from being like touted as the youngest gm in nfl history leaving his leaving the saints you know under the guidance and tutelage of sean payton to the bears front office and like pew 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 it's just a video game
1: fire shooting shots
0: shooting shots everybody gotta shoot their shot uh austin hooper is now speaking of shooting shots part of the Cleveland Browns. We gonna do this again? We're gonna run this back. Look at this loaded offense. <laughs> yep,
1: run it back. Run it back. <laughs> Post type sleeper team. Let's go. Right.
0: <laughs> they got Jack Conklin too. Anything any thoughts on this?
1: I mean, it's actually I think it's that both of these are really good signings. Conklin also great for him, signs a three-year deal. He'll hit free agency again when he's 28. He's got a chance to just rake money in on like because he's young hitting free agency right now because they declined that fifth year option. So, good for him. Uh, also, solidifies a, a huge need there. Tight end, not necessarily like the biggest need spot. I think this means Njoku may or may not be on the move, but but at least what we do know is that uh, Kevin Stefanski played a lot of two tight end sets last year. Of course, we can always say, like, is it Stefanski? Is it Gary Kubiak? But the tight end is a big – no matter what, the tight end's a big part of this offense. Hooper it was – could have been – Fantasy's like best tight end last year had he not had an injury. So, this offense, I mean, it just looked the reality is it's loaded. Okay. Like, and Baker Mayfield, I think, has a a really good chance to bounce back if he's, you know, actually good next year because they can, they still have a first round pick too. Like, they can go draft a tackle pretty early. Like, this team is in, this team is in a very good spot right now. And if, you know, worse comes to worse, they have Case Keenum too.
0: Sick. I, I think the Jack Conklin signing is actually more exciting because oh, sure. it's actually a tackle to protect a quarterback who certainly towards, I don't know, the I would even say as early as the second month of the season was, was seeing ghosts a little bit, even though he wasn't the quarterback who said that while mic'd up. Agree. So no Austin Hooper in Atlanta means the Falcons need to replace him, and they do that with Torman Giant Spain, aka Hayden Hurst. The Ravens and Ozzie have plenty of tight ends to spare. Hooray! Great.
1: This is, a I think, this is a great move for uh, the the Ravens, and I think this is not like a ter- terrible replacement. Hurst, I think, is. He wasn't, he was overdrafted. Uh, obviously, he was the guy the Ravens picked before Lamar Jackson. He was overdrafted there. I don't think you can argue that, but it's a nice landing spot for him. And uh, I think there's a chance like Hurst could be a really good value in fantasy, too, because this tight end spot in Atlanta has produced some good fantasy players before. It's a proven quarterback, it's a good offense. And, you know, as long as Hurst is not dust himself, like this, this is a really good landing spot for him from a fantasy perspective.
0: Yeah, I think everybody was off on him because he was like 24 when he was drafted, which was almost 24, I think. Um, he's 26 now. Very old um, for so a he rookie. Was considered, yeah, he was considered an old rookie. But um, I agree with you. I actually like the move a lot. And I, you know how I like to keep my notebooks, my weird little... <laughs> <laughs> little notes I did mark him as like maybe tight end sleeper maybe peach season was what I wrote next to his name so we're on the same page there um all right let's do a quick lightning round uh, Tennessee keeps um Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry but loses Conklin the money had to go somewhere are we surprised no I'm
1: running back. it back yep
0: okay Dallas keeps Dak and Amari but loses Quinn as I mentioned and Randall Cobb fine and um, Byron and Jones. Jones.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, I was pretty surprised, actually, that they kept Amari. I mean, I know Jerry always gets his guy, whatever. But um, the fact that he made it to the open market, you know, and there's so many teams that need wide receiver ones like, I mean, I think this for fantasy, though, this is a best case scenario for Amari Absolutely. to stay with the quarterback that he's familiar with. And a guy, by the way, Dak, like, still, again, I think ascending and ascending in terms of like fantasy quarterback levels.
0: I also think it's great for fantasy because if you're losing all, I mean, they have decided to go all in on offense at the cost of defense. And so a more porous defense would essentially mean more opportunities for the offense to score or a need for the offense to score more regularly. So I like that from a fantasy point of view, um, Amari getting a ring on it. And uh, Marcus Mariota will pull a Ryan Tannehill on Derek Carr moving to the Raiders. Also uh Las Vegas Cowboys. That is trending because, in addition, Old Man Witten is signing Ugh. with the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Ugh. I mean, I couldn't... What's the point of, of Witten? I, I don't know. That that one will never...
0: Do you think that he and Gruden are like, should we just... Like, after we grind tape, should we try breaking it down together in the booth? Just yeah. To, you know, for practice, for extra I, practice in case?
1: Actually, that maybe that's it. Like... Witten is just like, hey, Gruden, look, I I don't I can't go back to broadcasting yet and I can't retire because I don't have anything else to do. No one's going to take me and my weird shaved head now on. And if I have hair again on TV, it's look, no shout. No, like, no, no, no shade on shaved heads. Trust me, people, I'll get I'm going to get there someday, too. But uh, the deal is like, you know, you can't go back on TV now with that fake hair. Everybody's seen the other side of it. So. At the end of the day though maybe he just is like hey Gruden I'm going to hang out with you for a year you're going to give me some 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 tricks and some advice on how to be better in the booth and that's how I'm going to do it while also collecting a fat paycheck from the Las Vegas Raiders. Um as to the first point Marcus Mariota give me a break <laughs> like this guy I no I mean I think there's a chance he could start games for the Raiders cuz it's John Gruden and Derek Carr's like whatever but this is the least inspired. Like, I, I, I do not care, like, about Marcus Mariota. I, I think he's I think he's a fine backup, but I don't see him as, like, a 1B type of competitor here.
0: I think this might be a new franchise selling ticket strategy because, and I'll credit Steve Weiss with this idea. He came up with it. I am repeating it. I thought it was very intriguing and interesting. Um, apparently, they call Vegas the ninth island. Uh, because there's a very large Polynesian population there, and obviously we know that Marcus Mariota is from Hawaii and and beloved by by the people in Hawaii. And so, if there was a large community from Hawaii, a large Polynesian community in Vegas, it might help inspire like fandom and extra ticket sales, etc. I'm I'm not saying it's like. Accurate, but I did think it was interesting. I didn't know it. Thank you, Steve Weiss, for bringing it to my attention.
1: I had no idea, but Steve is the man, so count on him to uh, to drag up those kind of nugs.
0: Finally, let's end on this inspiring note. Jordan H- Howard is um, now on the Miami Dolphins. What a way to end the show!
1: I saw that news alert and was like, I oh, f- have to talk about like Jordan Howard being pretty fantasy relevant once again this year. Dolphins are are signing a lot of people. So yeah. good for them. That's why you get They're all that. That's why you get all that money.
0: Acquisition mode. Um, and we are going to take a breath. Be back to recording on Thursday. That means you'll have the show probably live on Friday morning. This has been a wild NFL free agency. In all sincerity, please uh, take care of yourself. Be healthy. Be responsible. Stay in. We are thinking of you and appreciate you very much. You can follow us on social at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And we'll talk to you in a couple of days.
1: Boom.